Welcome to Box Cutters episode 29. We're all wearing hoods. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Hey, hey. And I thought you were going to start the show with, we've got a great show today. I was going to wait. That was going to be after the intro. Oh, because last week you said that's what, but fine. No, that's fine, Ross. That's, you know, whatever you plan. Just change it without telling anybody. On my right... Mr. Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. What a great show we've got lined up for tonight. <laughs> Fantastic. Chock full of news. It, we have heaps of news. Heaps and heaps of as news. As always. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, I spoke to a listener during the week who uh, has received from Cafe Press his uh, T-shirt and mug. Fantastic. Oh. And he says they look amazing. So that's not coming from me. That's coming from a listener. Who was that? Uh, that was Jack. Listener Jack. Nice one, Jack. Yeah, he, uh, he does love the show. Jack rocks. He, he really does. We've had a lot of uh, listener feedback during the week. Yeah, heaps. It's very exciting. Uh, which is why, later on the show, as well as news, we've got some letters from box cutters. And, and a text, too. Two box uh, cutters. Letters from box cutters to box cutters plus one text. <laughs> Sorry, I was just going to read out the emails that, that Ross and I were sending to each other oh, during the week. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the, that'll be fun. Yeah. You can't read some of them out. No, no, that's... The, the ones that's that didn't true. get sent to Brett. <laughs> <laughs> can't read those out. <laughs> and the ones with those photos. Yeah, that's They're that's very, very, very hard to read. No, hard letters, to read. Yep. Letters to box cutters plus one text. We'll be coming up later on in the show. Also talk about ratings. If you want to text box cutters. Oh, just, you know, try to get one of our phone numbers. I think that's the, that's the best way to do it. There's your challenge, ladies. <laughs> uh, did I say talk about some ratings? We've also got uh, news about the Logies. Big, big week for news. Yeah, huge, huge week for news. Uh, we're also uh, going to try out a new segment. A new segment. A new segment Which called... Which shall remain nameless well, for I was, now. I was going to do this thing where we, we go, called... Brett, insert the name of the segment here. <laughs> Great name for a sexy, and then we just keep talking uh, like that. I'm with you. I'm and with later you. on, when Brett edits the show together, yeah, uh, he puts in the name of the segment that we've mm-hmm. decided on. In the many mm-hmm. hours he spends after the show piecing all the pieces. Of course, together. now that I've done that, this whole conversation doesn't make any sense because they've actually heard the name. That's right. True. That's true. Well, that's going to be coming up later on uh, in the show as well, and that's all about shows that probably won't ever make it to free-to-air television. Don't don't spoil it. Sorry. I can let the segment speak for itself. Well, I just spoiled it. No, not really. Forget, it's all about forget. the mystery with you, Ross, isn't it? <laughs> just to edit that bit out. <laughs> uh, we've also got a quick I don't buy it. Yes. And uh, also talk about thank God you're here. Yes. That's yes. all coming up later on in Box Cutters. But we're going to kick it off with the news. In boring news this week... Wasn't that the short news theme? I thought we were going with the long news theme this week. <gasps> we were. We were. Uh, but still, see how I jumped in anyway? You did. And again... And we still had time to do the question. <laughs> you know, heaps of time. I just missed the drama. That's all. I missed the drama. It'll be back next week. Okay. Next week will be all news theme, nothing else. In boring news... <laughs> 
We're not playing that really long version. <laughs> not that one? Not that one. Uh, former ABC presenter Andrew Carroll has been appointed chief executive of Queensland's only community television station, Briz 31. That's from the Courier-Mail. That was boring. <laughs> Brett, you've got some news. Thanks, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Go with the news. Fancy. We don't need to hear your motorcycle <laughs> sounds. Just go F- on. Fans of Georgie Parker may be disappointed this week after hearing that uh, Clever is being rested. Uh, a fan, Channel Nine fans spokes- of Georgie Parker should be disappointed ordinarily. <laughs> <laughs> a Channel Nine spokesman has said Clever is being rested and the format is to be revi- revisited later in the year. While Clever performed well, its ratings haven't been enough to justify such a key place in the schedule. What? <laughs> that key place being on television. <laughs> <laughs> it rated so well, we're taking it off air. Asked what will replace Clever Nine replied Clever was never scheduled to air Over that non-ratings fortnight Which is the Easter fortnight We're just about to step into that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With Extreme Makeover To air at 6.30pm This Sunday And next Sunday Beyond that We're keeping our plans For the slot Under wraps for now And is this topic of Extreme Makeover (laughs) Clever? have no idea what they're going to put in that position. <laughs> they've just got they've just got their little minions running around the office with their hair on fire. Ah! Once again, Channel Channel Nine have their hair on fire. No, no, it's simple. Because they'll, it... they'll move backyard blitz from seven thirty Friday. But then, what do you put in seven thirty Friday? Ah! <laughs> maybe maybe they could put millionaire there. Ah. Oh, but no, uh, they can't. It's one of their top rating shows. Is also going to be arrested. Really? Yes. Who wants to be a millionaire has lost its host, who's gone off to become head of the network, Eddie Maguire, for those who are just joining us. <laughs> um, and they haven't been able to find somebody that uh, they're happy with to take over the, the reins there. And so it's going to be arrested through until July, August, maybe. And then See, uh, come have- back with a big, a big uh, series premiere. Um, some some saying it may be a $2 million giveaway. Um, some looking at, at the UK version and uh, seeing some of the viewers at home interactivity elements, mm-hmm. such as um, where a contestant decides not to try to answer a question, takes the money for, for the lesser question, they get the audience to send in the answers, and the first one to SMS the correct answer wins some cash prize. Well, which... that's not going to bust any servers. And, no. <laughs> and also... But there's um, only four. There's multiple choice. <laughs> also, the first one to text one of A, B, C, uh, or D. Yep, yep. It's just <laughs> first off the gun. Also, in one of their rare uh, live episodes, like mm-hmm. Truly Live to Air, um, they, rather than have uh, phone a friend... No, no, the audience... Asking the audience, they asked the nation who oh. phoned in in two minutes. They had two minutes to get on the phones and say what they thought it was okay. and uh, got the percentages from that. Right. The thing I liked about this story was uh, Eddie went on three different radio networks and told them all that they had an exclusive, that they were arresting <laughs> Millionaire. Wouldn't you think, would have thought that in all these years with the footy show, he'd be over what an exclusive is and kind of realise that. Maybe the exclusive was it was exclusive only to radio. Ah, uh, maybe. Well, I, I actually thought maybe he was, you know, trying to fool Channel 7 and they're not actually going to, you know, they're not actually going <laughs> to arrest it and it was just a ploy. But well, according, well, if it was really a, a special to exclusive, variety, they would have broken it on Channel 9. <laughs> according to Variety, they're only resting it for the two weeks of, of Easter. 
no. and then bring bring it back. No. no, no, no. Resting until July. Till July, at least July. Right. Did anyone see that last episode of Millionaire? No, I'm sure. neither did most people. Around it, it, well, no, it was you know, a very small blip in the ratings as well. Oh, okay, okay. One point five million Australians did watch it, but uh, I watched the the end, like the last five minutes, just to see what Eddie did with his uh, with his sign off. And that would have been at uh, around about nine forty five. Yeah, yeah, well, whatever. I don't, I don't know. Time means nothing anymore when it comes to watching free to air television. <laughs> I just I just hope that what I want to watch is actually on at the time that I turn it on. Sometimes that works, sometimes not. It's a holistic approach to watching television. <laughs> and, uh, it's and zen, you just go with it. It really is. Uh, it's one of the most frustrating things in the world. But Eddie finishes the show, says, that's it from me, thank you very much, and then, like a ninja, appears Lavinia Nixon. Now, really, it was really? so... Really like a ninja? Like a ni- but not Did dressed, she- not oh, dressed like a ninja. <laughs> oh, but just out of nowhere. I would that would have been good if she'd appeared like a ninja. So so this is essentially how the how the sound went. Eddie's going, and thank you very much, it's been a wonderful time. And, oh Lavinia <laughs> <laughs> And Lavinia presents Eddie with this kind of terrible framed photo that looks like one of those things that they spruik on the on the cricket. Oh yeah, yeah. As as far as oh borders last bat yeah, and, and yeah. stuff like that, and uh, and so there's, there's this framed photo of like he's going to put that up in his house. It's going straight to eBay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad to see it gone. I thought maybe Lavinia was putting her name up for the hosting role because she's not busy enough. No, that's true. That's true. Oh, and on on, on quick uh, temptation news. Paul Lavinia is going to have to spend nights at Channel 9 as well because now they're doing evening recording sessions of Temptation. Advertised uh, last night. Uh, In Foxtel and Mark Burnett production news, Mm -hmm. uh, they've just signed an exclusive deal for Australian subscription television viewers. Uh, Does that mean no more Survivor on free-to-air? Survivor will stay. However, Rockstar 2, The Contender 2 and 3 and The Apprentice Series 6 are all going, well, fantastic for you, Mr. I've Got Foxtel. Well, that's my choice. I thought you were going to get rid of it. I was going to get rid of it, but not anymore. Uh, (laughs) I think think that's fantastic. I think that's what the, the competition in... Uh, television needs. This is what's going to get free-to-air networks off their asses and start actually doing something with their lives rather than just relying on international product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Mark Burnett was quoted as saying, we could no longer have our shows on Channel 9, that network sinking, glug, glug, glug. <laughs> no, he didn't really say that. I just, I just <laughs> I made that so up. Wish he did. <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? Especially with glug, glug, glug. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Uh, the Contender is one of the best shows Mark Burnett has ever produced. It's just extraordinary. Okay. What about, uh, which Apprentice are they up to now? They've shown... They're doing Apprentice 5 in the States so at the moment. So obviously we're still going to get Apprentice 5. Not obviously. Obviously nothing. If Channel 9 decide to show it. Yeah, if they decide to show it, it'll probably mm-hmm. be once Apprentice 5 has finished in the States, mm-hmm. uh, is, is my guess, because it, they're like six or seven episodes in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, if if that that happens, then clearly that deal leaves Apprentice Five still open. Yep. What what so, what? Brent? That was accidental. Um, I'm assuming that that uh, Apprentice Five means that they don't count Martha Stewart in. No, that's that's a completely different show. Mm-hmm. It's never spoken about. 
Glug, glug, glug. <laughs> this is a great line from Entourage that I just watched recently where uh, one of the talent agents was saying to them, uh, t- saying to the other agents, you'll be hosting nobodies like Bill from The Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of glug, 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 Jessica mm-hmm. Rowe hits back. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is from the Sunday Telegraph uh, earlier this week. Just... Very simply, it's all about how Jessica Rowe is fighting back against the criticism she's had regarding hosting or co-hosting the Today Show on Channel 9. Could she get out of a sentence without giggling in the middle of it? (laughs) Maybe that'd help. Yes, I am someone who loves to laugh when it's appropriate, says Jessica Rowe in response to the giggling. And uh, what I'm finding great about today is that I can show more of who I really am. I don't know what she means by that. Basically, though, to cope with the criticism she's faced since defecting from 10 in December, this is according to the Sydney, uh, Sunday Telegraph, sorry, Roe has relied heavily on the support of family and friends. Today co-host Ken... What? I can't read. It's so dark on my side of the desk. <laughs> Carl Stefanovic. Whom she knew Ten... He's been a really good friend, apparently, and she also listens to the people closest to her. Clearly, the people closest to her aren't saying, you've made a terrible mistake, back out now while you can. Also, what probably isn't saying that to her is uh, apparently she signed a $500,000 salary deal with nine. Per annum? Yeah, that's, that's what salary means, I think. It does. Uh, but um, is is that an ongoing contract, five hundred grand, or is it all up for renegotiation at the end of the year? If Channel Nine know what's good for them, it would be up for renegotiation after Easter. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Can can we get some light on? Oh, sorry, go on. No, I don't think we can. We've got two gloves oh, no, out there. That's terrible. Yeah, sorry about that. Hey, uh, Channel Nine. Uh, uh, as we've spoken about, there are people running around with their arms in the air. Um, desperately are calling for John Citizens and Jane Citizens to get involved with Nine Newswatch. They invite any person who witnesses a crime, an accident, a natural disaster, or a scene of triumph or desperation to pick up their mobile phone or camera and become a citizen journalist. If, uh, if you are one of those people, you can go to a website. Right? But does, there's also does anybody special, really care? Like, there's also a special hotline. Just... There's a special hotline zero four zero five nine 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 nine. And uh, it's been established they bought the SIM card. That's that's what that means. And there is some poor cadet journalist with that mobile phone on them all the time. It's going, yes. What's your hot tip? Thank you very much. There's no way somebody's actually going to be answering a mobile phone and be redirected News? into a typical has, telephone oh, no, system. It's the, that's, they've got cadets. That's what they're for. <laughs> the, the news on TV networks have always had hotlines. What the hell's the difference? Well, I think this is actually taking a leaf out of the whole London... When was that? The bombings in July London. July last year. And uh, these people in the tube lines with their, their their camera phones taking pictures of and video of uh, what was going on on the trains and as they were walking through the tunnels um, and they had they had a lot of people and in fact they had they had like a Flickr um, group which was specifically about people involved with it Flickr, Flickr is a, a photo hosting um, kind of service online 
and they were hosting uh, pictures from people who were involved at various scenes around London from that day. All this is saying, because it. All they're saying is that they can't be shagged to actually have the resources themselves to be able to cover all the news. Yeah, they're saying we and don't they're trust... And they're going to run crap footage. That we don't trust our journalists, but if 10 people know that Barry's stuff is going to be on the news, then those extra 10 people are going to watch it. Mm-hmm. What is that? It's just... It's bullshit, Channel 9. You know, try to deal with actual news and do proper stuff. That I've said it. Yeah. <laughs> In Doctor Who news... <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Can we have some real news, please? David Tennant and Billy Piper have uh, set to return. Uh, they're not even finished. I uh, don't even know if they've started shooting the second series, uh, but they both uh, they both signed on for series three. Oh, fantastic! So yeah, so that's uh, Billy Piper. I thought Billy Piper had left. At, at, yeah, that, that apparently she had, but um, yeah, there's no other work for her. That's it. For not a dozy long, cow. Not long after filming began the upcoming season, rumours began to fly that Piper might have called it quits at the end of the series. Not so, it seems. She'll be back to play Rose Tyler for Series 3. How many of the 13, 14, whatever it is, episodes she'll appear in uh, is another matter. There you go. This news from The Australian. Mm-hmm. The ABC's youth network, Triple J, has entered the final phase of its development as a multi-platform brand with new weekly television shows which roll out from July or August. Can I ask a question? Yes. There used to be a Fly TV, which was part of the ABC stable, didn't there? Yes, there did. And that was wound up after another budget cut by the federal government, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Where, where have Triple J got the money to actually be able to fund the resources to create television content? Uh, it says here in this article that they are whoring their asses. Triple J wasn't involved with digital, with uh, Fly, was it? No. No, but it's all ABC yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and all, yep. the, all the funding comes out of the, the one big bucket, yep. which has been getting constantly smaller in the last 10 smaller, years. Smaller Tri- Triple J is a radio station. Mm. It started as a radio station. Now they have a magazine called J Mag, mm-hmm. which is uh, a co-produced thing between Triple J and a magazine company. Mm-hmm. So maybe this will be a co-produced thing between Triple J and a production company. So Triple J provides the content, the production company provides the production and pays the Triple J staff who work on the on the show is my guess. So basically we're just seeing a Triple J branded product. Does it say where it's where they're going to sell it into? Uh no, you know what most of this article is about Jmag and how it's doing better than Juice magazine. Uh there's a uh, some of it's going to be on the ABC, some of it's going to be on uh, ABC2, uh, and it's going to be called JTV Live. It's going to be a one-hour show of Australian music recorded with a live audience. Sounds like Countdown to Me. Mm-hmm. And some JTV docs, so uh, a few documentaries uh, appearing there. It's just going to be Triple J branded material. That's all. I can't see it being anything other than that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a bit like Yahoo 7 and 9MSN having the Yahoo and the MSN bits because they've got the technical um, team that puts it together. Yeah, and it's all about building a brand and building brand loyalty and nothing actually to do with the ABC having more money because they don't. No, no, they've got less. Uh, We were talking about uh, Mark Burnett Productions before the second series of Rock Whore. What's it really called? Rockstar. 
uh, Rockstar, which offers a chance uh, for some lucky punter out of... Uh, <clears throat> well, they had they actually had auditions at the Metro uh, last week, was it? Uh, the Power in Melbourne, the Metro in the Sydney, Met- ah, okay. uh, and a couple of other places around Australia. Vying for the chance to front a band that they're making up. It's not... Supernova! It's not, that's right, it's called Supernova. And, I uh, so should have gone to those auditions. <laughs> it's going to be made up of whoever wins Rock Hall and uh, Motley Crue's drummer Tommy Lee, who we uh, know fondly from Tommy Lee Goes Back to University, Justin Newstead from Metallica, and Gilby Clark from Guns N' Roses. Really? Gilby Clark, Rock Hall, Tommy Lee, Rock Hall, Dave Navarro, Rock Hall. And who's that other guy? Who's Dave Navarro? Dave Navarro's in the band. Dave Navarro is part of the band. Jason Newstead, Metallica. I, I don't think he was. Oh, and, he, and, I don't think he was part of the list that I got read, read Dave out. That obviously, you weren't listening to when you read it out. No, no, I wasn't. <laughs> it's it's dark over there. It's dark. I can't hear a thing. I can't hear a thing. It's dark. Ross, you got some Simpsons news? No, no, no. I thought somebody else wanted to mention a big movie that's it's coming up. It's a huge... It, this was going to be your first item, Brett. Was and it? Yeah. No, I'm sure I said it second. Yes, I did say it second after Clever. The long-awaited movie version of The Simpsons has finally been given a release date, at least in the US, of the 27th of July, 2007. The Yellow Skin family's big screen debut was announced in a teaser trailer that ran ahead of US screenings of Ice Age 2 The Meltdown. Uh, the trailer was made up of a 25-second clip opening... Uh, we've got that up on the website. ...with an S that resembles Superman's incendia. We've, we've got that. It's, that's, up, on the, that's up on the uh, box pretty, website. It's a pretty good way to advertise it, I think. Yeah. Come, out with a, come out with a preview that people aren't expecting for mm. the Simpsons movie. That's a good way to announce it. Yeah, 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 well, yeah nobody knew. Nobody 16 knew months ahead of time. Yeah. Obviously working up a lot of buzz. Yeah. Well, they, the thing is they say that they've just decided on a script... So now they're going to ship it off to Korea. That's my understanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. So is it, is it just going to be longer and full of cameos? And I, I, I imagine so. Uh, I, I, I saw the X-Files movie. Yeah. It wasn't really anything special over a normal X-Files episode. No, the, you know what? South Park Bigger Longer Uncut was a fantastic movie mm-hmm. that came out halfway through a series. Yep. Uh, I don't really see a need for a Simpsons movie. No, no. When I saw the uh, one of the news items on this that actually showed the the preview, I think it was on Channel Ten. They said, uh, despite the fact that the Simpsons did a live action version of the Simpsons in this last series, the film will be completely animated, and they showed bits of the uh, live action version of the Simpsons. I thought, oh, they're not out of ideas at all. No, mm. this is what I don't understand. Why do a movie? When you can't even do a half-hour episode funny anymore. I'm assuming it's money. Same as everything else. Oh, can they make money with a movie? Apparently so. Right. Now, is that live-action version the, the version that they did the, the opening credits for The Simpsons with real people? Yeah. I, um, Which they, I haven't seen. I, I heard on, that it was like a viral campaign. They said on Channel 10 that the whole episode was live-action. Anyway, we'll get back to you. Anyway, Channel 10, pull your socks up with showing Simpsons episodes because... There's apparently a live-action one. There's a, apparently a Ricky Gervais one. Mm. Uh, no, when no, no, no. That'll, that'll be on in about November. Just, they've just produced that. They've just been, they've been working in on it States. for ages. In other Simpsons news... Please. Jessica Simpson is to star <laughs> in a remake of Baywatch. 
Re- so this is a they're, they're making a new series. I, I think they're making a new series. Yeah, there's some some discussion over whether it's a series or whether it's a movie. And David Hasselhoff, yes, no. Uh, apparently, they're gonna. They're apparently using Jessica Simpson as bait to try and <laughs> to try and get David Hasselhoff into the movie. I'm sure that's illegal. <laughs> Speaking of the Hoff, I, I happened to catch uh, the last 15 minutes of 20 to 1 this week, and uh, mm-hmm. some footage that I'd never seen. The Hoff singing "Freedom, Freedom" on top of the Berlin Wall as it was coming down, dressed which as, is probably why dressed as a Christmas tree. <laughs> yes, with flashing lights going up and down his back, yeah. um, which is probably why the Germans are so into him, as well as having a German name. Yeah, mm. and and Kit, Kit, the car from Night Rider. That's why the Germans are into is him. Is it German? Well. Oh, oh it was such a cool car. It was a cool car. Who could not love that? <laughs> oh, uh, but just with the Baywatch movie or or TV show, a remake of the '90s show. I mean. Are we- <laughs> What are we doing remakes? Surely there's enough bad 70s and 80s shows that they haven't done remakes of yet. How, how are we up to 90s remakes Well, because we already had Team Knight Rider. Yeah, that's Do you remember? true. And that was fantastic. <laughs> I loved Team Knight Rider, where all the good guys drove Fords and all the bad guys drove other cars. And uh, Buick's going around running over people in Lost. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a Lexus. Nope. Is it Buick? Right. Um, clearly, I need to watch all those again. All those episodes again. Uh, so, we, yeah, we had Team Knight Rider, but we have already also had Baywatch Nights. Yes. Detective and, Agency. And we had a Baywatch reunion special. Yeah. Oh, I missed that one. Oh, it was excellent. Have you got that? Um, no, because I watch things when they're on, Brad. Shut up. <laughs> What's going to be next? Though? A Will and Grace remake, possibly. Oh, who's going to start? Or a Clever. They're going to they're gonna remake Clever. <laughs> <laughs> the movie. <laughs> um, for, uh, for, for the non-native English speakers in America, the BBC has created, created an online English translation dictionary so that uh, those, those people in the US who don't really speak English can watch the BBC shows and go off to the site and see what, what the hell does Bristol's mean. Uh, what the hell does um, um, something plate? Do? I can't think of any other rhyming slang. <laughs> how, how come on the office it's it's written sloth, but they call it slough? Yeah, yeah, that how sort come? of stuff. Well, interestingly, uh, and I, I hadn't heard about this until I, I found this site. Um, the office in the US on DVD was subtitled. Because they can't understand. Now, with, is, is that is the that actually race. true, or is that just like the, some DVDs have subtitles for the hard of hearing? The Amazing Race no, no, subtitles no. the Australians when they come to Australia. Yes, yes, they do. The American version of the Amazing Race <laughs> has subtitled Australians on. Not only that, it doesn't have subtitled New Zealanders on. So clearly, what? Americans well, can understand New Zealanders and well, they can't understand this each other. One of my favourite stories about The Amazing Race is a, a series that I watched and nobody else watched. Hey, 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 hey. I've seen all the series. Okay. Well, uh, sorry. The two of us watched it. The two of us watched it. <laughs> no one else watched it. When they're in Cooper PD, Yep. And uh, they, they've got a, a detour, which is a choice between two tasks. I believe one was golf. One was golf on a golf course that had no grass, yep. only a map. Mm-hmm. And the other was mining for opals. Yes. Now, if you thought that you found an opal in the mine, you had to take it to this fat guy sitting under a truck (laughs) 
who was an opal expert who would tell you whether or not you actually got an opal or if you just got fool's opal. <laughs> and uh, and so they take it to this guy and uh, and he either goes shakes his head and goes, nah, which they subtitled as nah. <laughs> or he goes, beauty. Or in one instance said, bonza. Which they subtitled as... B O N S A I. Because clearly, this fat Aussie bloke in Cuba PD sitting under a truck was Japanese. Is Mr. Miyagi? Yes. In uh, in a last bit of of news, oh, oh, oh. if you want that dictionary, you can check out oh. bbcamerica.com slash britain slash dictionary dot jsp. We'll put that up on the For our American yeah. listeners who don't speak English. Last bit of news: there are problems in Smallville. You what? can check out the video oh. podcast uh, for the for the subtitles for box cutters. <laughs> there are problems in Smallville. Yes, we know. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, well, oh no, it. no, no. I just thought you meant because it's such a crap show. Oh, no, I, re- I, I like it. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's There's problems of, in box cutters. <laughs> it's a bit of a secret show. You know, I like it to, to go, oh, I'm home, there's nothing else on. Oh, Smallville's on, and I don't have to think about a thing. Oh, that's true. That's N- true. Nothing for the next 45 minutes. But there's a, a big problem because in 2004, in November of 2004, the rights to Superboy reverted back from Warner Brothers DC Comics. Is is Superboy is Superboy young Superman? Yes. Super- I always thought he was an offshoot. No, no, Superboy like is the child of Wonder Woman and Superman. Because he had a super dog as well, didn't he? Crypto. In the in the cartoons he did and maybe in the comic as well, but not not in Smallville. But the story about Superman growing up in Smallville with Marin Park Kent uh those stories were the basis for the comic and cartoon of Superboy mm-hmm. created by Jerry Siegel. The rights of those stories reverted back to Jerry Siegel's widow and daughter in November 2004 and Warner Brothers have not been paying them copyright royalties. Mm. So huge copyright issues with regards to Smallville and even though... Uh, the CW have just signed new series of Smallville. The CW? What's that? The Country Western. Bloody hell. <laughs> Every so- week. Uh, yeah, they might not be happening. It depends. They'll have to do a huge payout. So so had Warner held the rights up until that point, and how long had they had them for? A hundred million Not Warner, the WB. No. <laughs> Warner Brothers DC Comics uh-huh. had the rights. They bought them from uh, Siegel and Co., Back in, you know, World War Two or okay. whatever. So it's a 50-year thing. For, you know, five bucks fifty and... Uh, a tank. You know, a couple of beads. Yeah, and yep. maybe maybe a new shoelace. Maybe a disease-infected blanket. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and m- meanwhile, I don't know. They reverted back. I don't mm. know how. I don't know why. They just have. That's Either that's not explained in the article or I didn't read it fully. <laughs> whatever. I'm only giving you half the news. Okay. That's the way we do things (laughs) on the Box Cutters News. Box Cutters. An interesting week in ratings this week. Very Mm. interesting. I think uh, I read uh, during the week on the internet that... uh, The what? The internet. 
Oh, that's kids are doing, playing with that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, kids know about it. Uh, 52 days into the ratings of the year, and Channel 9 and Channel 7 had won 26 of them each. But don't count the Commonwealth Games weeks because they don't count. They don't count according to Channel 10, remember? Well, clearly I was counting them. Uh, no, but don't. Stop it. <laughs> big news Stop uh, it. Wednesday night is that uh, Channel 10 actually won the ratings. Yeah. And not just in their demographic, won the whole ratings. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. They absolutely slaughtered them. Uh, mainly with, with House? With everything. Because oh, with, thank God you're here. House, thank God, thank you're, you here. God you're here. The Biggest Loser. Biggest Loser. Biggest Loser's just been an absolute goldmine for it's them. It's such a surprise. And yeah. NCIS. Yep. All of, yep. Those, all of I, those in the top 10. I can't wait for them to start referring to House just as H. <laughs> it, it can't be far away It can't be far away well, Or will it be H? And that's nationally They won That's nationally That's fantastic mm. It's not, uh, not Are so... they popping champagne corks? I'm sure they are Or at They least... can pour the champagne on the heads of the people at Channel 9 Yeah exactly they're at, least, they're at least sending, uh, sending out emails saying No 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 Or something similar But it is just a night And given that last week we reported that Channel 10 didn't have anything in the, the week's ratings that were in the top 20. Oh, really? Yeah. Even even House? I would have thought or House would have been close. Oh, I can't think now. Okay. Go listen back. <laughs> uh, in, Melbourne, in Melbourne, Channel 10 had House and Saturday Night AFL in the top 20 last week. Okay. So it must have been top 10. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that... That is that is very interesting news. Also, that's, that's, that's huge news. Yeah, and the interesting thing with that was Prison Break down again. It's still in the top ten, but it's lost. You know, uh, it's behind Home and Away today tonight. Yeah, seven years. it's lost seven hundred thousand viewers since its uh, debut. Now it's it's always going to go down, but uh, I wonder if perhaps putting it up against a few things like the Commonwealth Games has just done it too much harm because pe- people have missed episodes, and when you miss episodes in something like Prison Break or Lost, yeah, it, it can seriously affect you. No, they should do. What? Given that the next two weeks are <clears throat> non-ratings, mm-hmm. they should run those two episodes that they missed over Common Games. Channel 7 would never think of that. <laughs> Special encore screenings. <laughs> when would... They've never done that in the past. Why would they change their tactic now? <laughs> they love an encore screening Channel 7. They do. Means they don't have to come up with new content. But it is a little right. bit weird going back two episodes. Yeah, it is. And they did do a, a special catch-up encore screening and as a result of that they weren't showing any of the new ads because they didn't obviously the ads give away more of the story mm-hmm. and so they didn't want to show these new ads and in some quarters that's been seen as one of the reasons that it didn't rate as well because they weren't advertising it wow they mm. they really messed up it was it was a brave call to try and go up against the commonwealth games it, it was and Obviously, they're, pay- they're paying the penalty. I, I think so. But would Prison Break still be rating that well anyway? I, I think it would have it would have had a fairly big drop off, regardless. But not that big. I mean, the thing is, people do love to watch the stories that they've been watching every week, yeah, and things that continue on. And Prison Break is is quite compelling. Maybe yeah. it's just too complicated for the burbs. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. Go I don't that understand far. this. I, <laughs> something new. I really wouldn't go that far. Also interesting with last week's ratings was that Channel Seven declared themselves winners, yep. even though Channel Nine actually won the ratings, and that's because it included the Sunday night closing ceremony of the Commonwealth Games. Um, yep. And Channel Seven released two different sets of figures: one with the Commonwealth Games, one without the Commonwealth Games. 
Without the Commonwealth Games, Channel 7 say they won convincingly. With the Commonwealth Games, they came second. Uh, Okay. So I found that quite interesting. We'll just... Why don't we just take... I mean, if Channel 9 did that, if they took out all of the Wednesday night Channel 10 shows, Mm. uh, if they took out Lost up against... uh, Lost and and Amazing Race up against the footy show, then Channel 9 will be winning the ratings every week. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But I think uh, officially the Commonwealth Games isn't supposed to count. No. Because it's... uh, Boring and, recurring, and crap. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> but it still it still goes down as a national win for Channel Nine this week. So Channel yeah. Seven have won every week of the ratings except for last week. Yeah, last two weeks, last three weeks. Yeah, but those other weeks didn't count at all. <laughs> oh, I see, I see. But this week counts. Who knows what the hell's going on with the ratings? Interestingly, too, Desperate Housewives uh, is still caning them, and uh, in nationally, it had. 1.78 million which is undoubtedly that's a, that's a huge audience and so they're following it up this week with a best of package just to catch everybody up on the story hmm. well, I've why don't they do that I've, with I've, prison break ah that's true they that's could do true. that they could you could really piece together two episodes of prison break into one very neat hour of television quite easily prison ad break as <laughs> I think people are calling it from the amount of ads that are that are on during it uh, and that's the ratings. Shot this week. This is Marie Cardi, and you are listening to that fluffy white cloud of goodness box cutters. <laughs> Stick it in the fire and eat it. <laughs> sham. Absolute goddamn sham. What are you talking about? The Logies. Ah, oh. the Logies. Absolute sham. It, it, it's a real shame because... This is pretty much all we've got for television as far as... I mean, I'm not saying that award shows generally have have that much kind of status or pull or anything like that. But the Logies is just... It, it, it really points out what a dire position the Australian television industry is in. Mm-hmm. And and the position is is absolutely dire. Can I ask a question? Yes. Who votes on the Emmys in the States? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Is it, uh, is it like the Academy Awards? Do you have to be a member of... I, th- I think there is some... I have no it, idea. It's, it's not popular no. choice. Curious that. But it's definitely not the freaking white trash that reads TV <laughs> week every week, is it? Well, that's the People's Choice Awards. Yeah, the, they have People's Choice Awards and they call them People's Choice Awards. We had People's Choice Awards here at one point, didn't we? Yeah, they're called the Logies. <laughs> no, no, we had, <laughs> no, no, we we had, had another them. set of awards. I, I think they only lasted one year or two years yeah. and a couple of networks and... Right, much like the uh, Australian Comedy Awards, I went to the uh, first and only year of. Ah, uh, right, that Hi-Fi yeah. Bar. Uh, it, you know what? Turnout was so poor. They moved it from Hi-Fi Bar in the heart of Melbourne to uh, Billboard. Still, last, pretty much in the heart of Melbourne. Last I, I minute, thought you were going to say that was a last-minute move. I thought you were going to say the Swagman. Oh, that would have been so good. Uh, the nominations, of course, came out this week for this year's Logie Awards. Can one of you two explain to me? Gold Logie nominations. Mm-hmm. Beck Hewitt. Oh, for, that's Beck Cartwright. I, I understood that part. Check out her new album. I, I understood that, all that part, but what, what's she being nominated for? Her new idea ads? She's being uh, nominated for her appearances at the Australian Open. Ah, oh, in, in Beck's, in uh, Leighton's Corner. Yeah. Well, yeah. how long has she not been on Home and Away? Long enough not to get nominated for a damn Logie, surely. What? She was there March last year. 
she was still, you know, all that buzz after the Australian Open last year. She was still on set when all the reporters were asking when if she was pregnant her. and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I don't think she's been on long enough to be nominated for squat. That's just my opinion. Also, Bert Newton. What the hell's he getting nominated? He's been on two networks. He's, he's, he's been all over it. I could see if they were... Of course, of course he's going to be. If they were nominating him a for a host of underperforming crap TV show, then yeah, sure. He should. You've, got to, you've got to remember that the Gold Logie is purely the, the nomination for the most popular personality on Australian television. Well, I, I beg to differ. If he was the most popular person on Australian television, people would be watching his damn show. No one's watching. No, no. Channel 7, Channel 9 screwed him over and put him into a format that... Ah, so you're saying he was him. the most popular when he was on when he was Channel on 10, 10, which explains why he got nominated for the last five years for Channel 10. But yeah. eh, he didn't get nominated <laughs> at all. You're wrong. Wow. It's a crock of shit. The whole thing is just... Well, Ross, hey, Ross, 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 some would say... Down. No, no, I'm going to keep going. Some right. would say... Jennifer Hawkins, most popular new female talent. Has anybody actually seen her on The Great Outdoors? She's, she's, she's been on Star Dancers. I know, but on The Great Outdoors. She's shit she was on. She was on an episode of The Apprentice. <laughs> Am I arguing that standing, she wasn't on The Apprentice? Standing next to Donald Trump. She is... Uh, Terrible performer. She couldn't be nominated for anything. You Most know what? outstanding comedy program, Comedy Inc. And the Ronnie Johns Half Hour. Now, that's most outstanding program. That's not even voted for by the dumb white trash <laughs> that we were talking about earlier. That's the industry awards section. <laughs> well, this is what, garbage. What else is what else, what else can they pick for, from? For comedy. Uh, they've also nominated The Glass House, Spicks okay. and Specks, yep. and We Can Be Heroes. If they're the only good things... Leave the nominations there. What if else you've is only there, got though? That's what I'm saying. Just nominate those three. Just leave it there. Don't throw Ronnie Johns in and Comedy Inc. just so everyone laughs at them when they get announced on, on Logie Night. And then that's like the biggest laugh that they've got all year. Much bigger <laughs> than any of their shows. Like, this is ridiculous. Most I'm... outstanding. Graham Kennedy Award. Most outstanding new, new talent. talent. Heath Franklin from the Ronnie Johns Half Hour. What, are you kidding me? Is he the one that plays Chopper? I have no idea. (laughs) You'd be surprised, but I I really don't know. See, maybe Ronnie Johns is really big in Sydney because that's where they make it. And maybe it's it's local Sydney identities that are getting him in there. You think so? It's all all unknown people, Ronnie Johns. It's unknown down here. No, but it's unknown up there. They must be from somewhere. No, it's, it's a university troupe. It's, it's like the degeneration. Performing monkeys. <laughs> yeah, they are performing Pretty monkeys. Much. It's like the degeneration started. They're a, they're a group of ex-students who did a few little skits at uni. For some reason, people laughed and some idiot at Channel 10 gave them a TV show. Actually, where's the chaser? A chaser wouldn't have had anything on. They didn't have anything last year. Uh, the uh... Still deserves to be nominated <laughs> more than Ronnie Johns. <laughs> I, I, I want to know, the, the Silver Logie for Most Popular Actor... Mm-hmm. Yep, that's an actor in. I would have thought a television series, but you, Glenn you Robbins. So. Glenn Robbins is nominated for Decath and Kim Code. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Well, there you go. Uh, and most popular TV presenter, they've got Mel and Koshi, but no Kim and David. Kim, who came second in the Celebrity Grand Prix on the weekend. Congratulations that's, to her. That doesn't get nominated for a Loki. But it must. <laughs> That's one of the best pieces of television I've seen from her in a long time. 
I, I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to say that the silver logie for most popular talent is going to be split between Mel and Koshi. And I'm going to I can't sm- split it. And I'm going to smash my TV. <laughs> <laughs> that goes without saying. But they can't split it. Speaking of, uh, of uh, and, and nothing to do with Logies, but speaking of breakfast or morning TV hosts, mm-hmm. and you just see Media Watch with the little snippets of uh, David Rain. They had a doctor in talking about this thing where people have all gotten sick uh, with the medical testing, and he was saying that uh, that that uh, there was better improvement in the people taking the placebo rather than the drugs they were testing. And David Rain came in and said, "So, so why don't they just give these people the pl- <laughs> this, this placebo stuff?" <laughs> Placebo is obviously the better product. <laughs> the doctor had to come back and explain, no, it's, it's just like a Ceylon so- solution. It's, it's nothing. It's not actually a drug. We just play them placebo records <laughs> and they get better. Now, but, I watch a lot of television. Yes. And I read the Gold Logie nomination list. Yes. Who the hell is Natalie Bassingthwaite? Oh, come on. She's Izzy from Neighbours. And Bridie Carter? Uh, McLeod's daughters. Come on, give me another one. Rose the the rest are all home and away. R- home R- and away. Eddie Nicodemus, home and away. Kate Ritchie's home and away. John Wood? Home and away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, look, we all know the Logies is a crock of shit. Well, there's, there's... I know someone who's won a silver Logie. Oh, really? And... He's ashamed of it. <laughs> he keeps it at his parents' house. I, it's just terrible. There's a couple of interesting things about this year's Logies. Firstly, it's the first year that they've had SMS voting that uh, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, which means that while Channel 9 got screwed over for the nominations in all the categories, mm-hmm. they, get to, they stand to make a bomb out of, out of 55 cents for every single vote that comes in, all the way up until, what, five minutes before they actually announced the gold logie? Oh, really? Does it go yeah. back? Yeah, oh, they're, that they're doing it oh. while they're doing the oh. show. Big Brother style. Yeah. yeah. So they're going to have Gretel up there going, we've got five more minutes on the lines. We've, we've extended the lines for half an hour. We're going to announce the gold logie a little later. Yeah. Oh, are they going to have all the gold logie winners in one room and then Gretel can cross to that room? <laughs> <laughs> but and also... Quiet as a mouse. <laughs> quiet as a mouse. But also, uh, given that... And, and this may have been an issue in previous years, but I think that uh, the SMS voting opens it up more so to the possibility that Channel 9... Sorry, TV Week, being part of the PBL stable, <laughs> which mm-hmm. also owns Channel 9, um, can, is in the position to be able to, to load the voting. And this is the only reason why Bert Newton's actually got a nomination for the Gold Logie, mm-hmm. so that he can head John Woods off at the pass oh. to get his one and only ever Gold Logie for the last time that he'll get nominated ever. I don't know. Bet Cartwright's been nominated. It's, I it's, it's s- March now. It's no, it's April now, and Blue Healers is coming on. He'll be nominated again next year, going by your Beck Hewitt logic. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see. I've changed my mind. I don't want to see them in a room together. No, I don't want to even see SMS voting. No. I want to see all eight Gold Logie nominees line up. The Gold Logie is at the end of a hundred meter track. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And they have to run for it, and they can tackle each other. They can do whatever they want, but whoever gets to that gold logie first gets the gold logie. Just so that I can see Bert Newton rugby tackle John Wood. 
But do they do they get to do it in character? So John Wood could just pull out his six shooter and knock uh, off all the competition. Uh, uh. If they if they got to do it in character, John Wood wouldn't come out of the office. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the uh, all the most popular ones. Uh, well, no, all the other ones, all the, the most, most outstanding. outstanding, which are industry based, will all get one by Love My Way, without a doubt. Yeah, even in categories where it's not nominated. And, Best comedy. Yep, and all the other ones. Who cares? So it's a bit disappointing. Well, the whole thing, who cares, really? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, good luck, though, to um, Adam Hills. Adam Hills has been nominated for Most Popular New Talent, the Graham Kennedy Award for Most Outstanding New Talent. And also for Spicks and Specs. And Specs and Specs has been nominated twice. Well, so both with And industry. he's going to be doing the backstage interviewing, so how's he going to do that when he wins it himself? Oh, they've never, they've never had to deal with that sort of problem before. Not when Bert awarded himself six in a row or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Justin, I can't believe it's not Logie news. Uh, the Fuglies, the nominations for the Fuglies, which is the alternative Logies, have been announced. Last year they had 25,000 people voting for the Fuglies. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, as you said uh, earlier off air, Brett, the Logies answer to the Razzies. So you can vote for your least outstanding, uh, most popular, least person, talent. But I actually thought that the Fuglies were redundant because uh, isn't that what the Logies is? <laughs> yeah, who the, who the hell knows? Uh, you know what? It's shit television every year, but we still do it. It's it's one of those things that Australia just can't get out of the 1970s. We need to do something about that. I don't know what that is. Box Cutters. Coming up in Box Cutters, we have... A quick I don't buy it. Some letters to box cutters, little discussion on Thank God You're Here, and next, a new segment called Things You May Have Missed Because They Haven't Appeared on Free-to-Air Television and We Think They're Worth Checking Out. I thought it was Brett, insert name here. Oh, shit. That was what it was called. Brett, insert the name here. (laughs) This is uh, Jess McGuire, and you're listening to the lovely men of Box Cutters. Always here to helpfully inform you of any existence of photos of Britney Spears giving birth on all fours, clutching lion's heads. Love nothing better. Download the hell out of it. Thanks, Jess Maguire. She was excellent last week. She was. We're going to have to have her back on. Had some very sweet letters from yeah, listeners. We, we had some lovely letters from listeners. We'll uh, get to that later on in the show. Stuff you may have missed because it hasn't been on free to air. Well, like Love My Way. Well, like Love My Way. I mean, for, for, for many, many years, television, like sitting, has been the great leveller. Everybody <laughs> who doesn't enjoy a good sit, who doesn't enjoy a good television show? And I think uh, for, for a long time, you know, it didn't really matter to an extent your position in life or your social status or your income or anything like that. Uh, everybody got to watch what was on TV. And if everybody didn't get to watch it, nobody got to watch it. And so there was something... There's something kind of fair about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all that started to change probably 10 years ago when uh, Foxtel came about. And it's changed more dramatically over the last kind of 12 to 18 months with the rise and rise of downloading and broadband and all that kind of nonsense. And, and in fact, and with- 10 years ago, we had much more than just two uh, cable carriers. We had Optus and we had... Allstar. Allstar. And... Galaxy. Yes. Mm. Uh, so for 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 a while, and also also in the last two years, uh, 
cable television has been showing some first run shows. Yes, which uh, which has never happened before as well. Yeah. Deadwood. Yeah. So it's 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 a bit of a shame that uh, television, like so much else in life, has become a domain of the have and uh, have nots, which I think is a bit of a pity. Uh, Can but- I just point out I'm a have, <laughs> and I love it. You're a double have. I am a double have. You see, that's fine for you, but what about for the have-nots? Well, for some of the have-nots, sometimes they get DVDs from me. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) No! Cut that out! Uh, But uh, as a result, there's... I mean that I lend you DVDs that I've bought. That's, yeah, Yeah. that's what I mean. Like you lend us uh, your books. Yeah, like I lend you... Which Which has been going on for centuries. Apparently, that's also illegal. It's what I've heard. Anyway, go on. As a result of all this, there's uh, there's lots of TV out there that people may or may not have seen, mm. and stuff that's appearing, you know, that might not be on, uh, you know, might not be on free to air, but some people have seen because they've downloaded, or other people have seen, you know, through Foxtel or the like, and that's what this segment's about. And some stuff that has appeared on DVD in Australia. Or somewhere in the world. Yeah. And people have picked it up and said, come over to my place, watch this. It's yep. great. Yeah, exactly. So we're kind of looking at uh, stuff that's kind of out of the uh, out of the main eye. Stuff that you may have missed. Stuff that you may have missed. It's stuff not a bad title. If you've got a, a good title for this segment, send it into hooray at boxcutters.net. Mm. That's hooray at boxcutters.net because clearly we can't come up with one. However, this week on Stuff You May Have Missed because it hasn't appeared on free-to-air television and thus the have-nots have not been able to see it, exclamation mark, is Entourage. Entourage. Entourage, a a little show starring uh, Kevin Connolly, Adrian Grenier, who has appeared in some stuff since appearing on Entourage. Okay. Uh, Kevin Dillon, Matt Dillon's brother, uh, Jerry Ferreira. All of these are faces that you would know from... Just having seen them in the background of stuff or, you know, little little parts. And you'll go, oh, I recognise this guy. It's one of the appeals that uh, Entourage has is, is you can see recognition in the, the actors that you're watching. But also, just for some name power, Debbie Mazar, who is excellent, and Jeremy Piven. Who's fantastic. Who's amazing. People will mm-hmm. remember him from the Larry Sanders show and also from Ellen. I think he played Ellen's best friend. No, See, I couldn't remember, remember where I from knew him from. <laughs> I'd, I'd seen him around, but I could never actually pick where he, what he'd he done. And he does kind of appear quite a lot in, you know, at Emmys and that sort of thing. Yes. I think. Yeah. Now, this, is, uh, this show, Entourage, is loosely based on the experiences of Mark Wahlberg. Marky formerly Mark. Formerly Marky Mark of mm-hmm. The Funky Bunch and formerly Mark Wahlberg of New Kids on the Block before they got famous. Yes. And uh, Adrian Gr- Grenier... <laughs> plays Vincent, Vincent Chase, uh, a young hot Hollywood actor who has brought his three best friends out from New York to be his entourage. Yeah. That's where the title comes from. Mm-hmm. Much like Mark Wahlberg had his entourage when his he was young. His little bit of funky bunch. Ah. E, played by Kevin Connolly, who's just excellent in this show. He is. He really carries the show. I think it's, it's kind of more E's show, really. It, it is. It is E's story, mm. but you can't tell E's story without mentioning Vincent Chase because it's such a, an important part. Mm-hmm. E is his best friend and, uh, and also his confidant and, and sounding board. And he reads his scripts for him and he negotiates with his agent, played by Jeremy Piven. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Turtle, who's played by uh, Jerry Ferrara. Yes. <laughs> I have such bad luck with surnames. <laughs> uh, he 
kind of develops his talent, talents outside of Brooklyn in, in Hollywood as the guy who can get stuff. Mm-hmm. And he is just an amazing little character. You hate him, but he's also... He's got that arrogant charm and he looks like a turtle and <laughs> it's, he's just... He's fantastic. Uh, and uh, Kevin Dillon is hilarious as Vincent Chase's brother, Johnny Drama. Which I, I, I think is, is a magical part of, of the casting, given that he's the brother of, of Matt Dillon and would have actually been in the position for all of his life, yes. being the second fiddle to and, his much more who, famous brother. And who did have a, a, a brief shot at stardom. With, uh, he was in one of those Molly Ringwald movies. He was yeah. the lead. Uh, Sixteen Candles, or really? one of those. Yeah, Kevin Dillon's the main. And uh, so he he actually he did actually have quite a bit of fleeting fame for a while there. And and in Entourage, Johnny Drama was the lead in uh, a show called Viking Quest. A bit like Xena. Which, yeah, a bit, bit like Xena or, or Hercules, with all the cons and and the, <laughs> the sci-fi nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and while the acting and writing in this series is really good. I think that the real comedy gold comes from Jer- Jeremy Piven playing oh, yeah. Ari, yeah. The, the agent. His character has this kind of brutal honesty, uh, but even more brutal lies, and they're told with equal measure. Mm. So, you, like, he's passionate about telling you both lies and truth, and he'll mix them up, and it just ends up being hilarious. And I don't know how he does it, mm-hmm. but he's turned what could have been a ridiculous, over-the-top uh, kind of slapstick character into just some fantastic comedy gold. And I think it's it's the character of Ari that gets people hooked into the show mm. because you know there's always an Ari moment coming up, so there's always something to watch out for. It's only a half-hour show, so you know y- your attention span isn't, isn't that drawn out, mm. and there is always going to be an Ari bit. Once you get about two or three episodes in, you start to get... Involved deeper in E's story, and you find out more about his life and how he's handling his best friend being one of the most famous actors in Hollywood at that particular moment, mm. and uh, and it's all around this backdrop of how tenuous this fame is, how he could just become unfamous any second, and that's shown with a lot of Johnny Drama's friends. Johnny mm. Drama is friends with Ralph Macchio. Ralph Macchio, yeah. <laughs> Paulie Shaw. Yeah. <laughs> Who is coming out to Melbourne for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Yeah. Which, yeah go yeah. figure. Uh, but, yeah, you, you get to see just how fleeting fame can be and how hard these people have to work to make sure that their money train, being Vincent, stays on screen, top of the list, keeps getting roles, keeps getting money because if he doesn't get paid... They don't get paid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it becomes quite dramatic, mm-hmm. as well as being a really funny show. And this is where HBO, who produced the show, really succeed in doing their dramedies. I think they did a great job with Sex and the City. They've done a great job with... Or they did a great job with Larry Sanders' show. And now they've done a great job with Entourage. And uh, also, part of, the, uh, part of the writing team is Larry Charles. Yes who we know from Seinfeld and uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm and a, a bunch of other things. Yep. Uh, he's a, he is a great television comedy writer. Yeah, and, definitely. you know, you can't count him out as part of the team. Definitely. Uh, I just had a quick question for you guys. Do you, do you reckon women would like this show? Yes. You do? 
Yes. It seems to me to be... My only quibble with the show is it is a bit of a male fantasy kind of show. And lots of chicks in bikinis. Lots of chicks in bikinis. I mean, apart from the publicist... I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Uh, uh, Shauna. Shauna. Apart from Shauna, uh, there really isn't any good roles for women in this. They're, They're generally kind of... Yeah, sex objects, hookers, or kind of bar staff, or or rom- romantic interests, or romantic interests. But even then, they're kind of assistants. And yeah, yeah, they're just yeah. Uh, but so, having watched this with my girlfriend and knowing a couple of other women who have watched it, they do get into it. They do, yeah. And okay. I think, in spite of they really, okay. I think they mm. really get into E's story because he is the sensitive guy. He's the guy who's going through all the troubles. He's the guy who's thinking about things. Whereas guys always have. Vinny and Turtle and Johnny Drama to look at and go, that's exactly how I would act if I was in that situation. <laughs> but E is how I think all the women want us to act in that situation. So you're, you're saying in those situations you would act exactly like Turtle and, and Drama and, and Vincent Chase? Uh, no, probably I would, I, I would probably act more like E and uh, decline most offers. But... But I'd I'd like to you know I'd like to be able to do that I'd like to well that's that's what I mean by you know it, it really is a male fantasy in that way you know it, it is very appealing I think for males to go yeah that'd be pretty cool I wish I wish that was my life yeah whereas I, I wish I had a balcony that I could practice my driving practice driving off, off you know over, over the houses yeah, of yeah. celebrities yeah I wish we could drive around you know and ride past a car full of good-looking women and suddenly we're all in the pool together. You in know, a that giant kind of, canary yellow hummer. Yeah, yeah, you know, that, that kind of thing, I think. Uh, and, and I wonder if that appeal would be so strong for the female audience, that's all. Yeah, I, that I can't tell you. What I can, mm. what I can tell you is uh, the male fantasy thing is, is so well-written that in the opening scene of the first episode of Entourage, they walk into a cafe, Turtle says something to a girl who appears to just be a stranger at a table. She's a hot-looking girl. He says something, you know, semi-provocative there, there, to... There are no other types of girls no, in that's, Entourage. That's They're true. all hot-looking girls. <laughs> he says something semi-provocative to her. She says, oh, in your dreams, turtle. And guys instantly go, wow, a hot girl like that knows his name. <laughs> he seems like a bum and she knows his name what a fantastic life that is and of course the real life turtle uh who the character was based on passed away uh, yeah we, we mentioned the end that of last year yeah it was yeah. terrible news you know um you know who else i think is a fantastic character is uh lloyd ari's assistant oh that's the new assistant he's, the, new uh, assistant. he's a, the, the assistant in the second series second, of entourage yeah, yeah he's uh, just he's just gold yeah, and, uh, he is. He is great. You know, at one stage, um, Ari's trying to get his loyalty, and and Lloyd says, "You know, if you promise not to insult my sexuality or my race ever again," <laughs> and Ari responds, "Well, I can't promise to do that, but I promise to apologise after." <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show. It's, it is, it's really it's a lot of fun. Is it available on DVD here? I don't think it is yet. I don't because think it is yet. We uh, at, at my house, we got it through Amazon. And uh, it, it is it is worth checking out if you want to buy it from Amazon, do so. Uh, it's only been on Encore or Arena on Arena in uh, in Australia, and it only started. I think uh, they only started showing it at the start of this year, I January think January first. Yeah, they started showing it on Arena. They've been the, the free to air networks have been sitting on their asses with Entourage 
for so long and Arena just went, right, well, we'll show it. Yeah. Uh, we'll pay you whatever for it and, and we'll show it. I don't think it's been doing well for them because it's, it's not a high-rating channel on, oh, okay. on the Foxtel. Okay. But you can see it if you've got Foxtel. Look out on Arena. I really recommend getting the DVDs, though. Stick it on late at night, like Channel 10. It'd be a hit. It, it would be. Take it off be bloody a Ronnie hit. Johns. It, it, like, it'd be Take a hit. Take off huge... the AC. Take off the AC. The AC. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it would do it would do big things for some network if they bothered to put it on. But they decided not to. Yeah. Oh well. Poo to you. You can still watch it. That's Entourage. Uh, we'll. Uh, I, you know, I might put the Amazon link up on the uh, on the website. That's a good idea. Rock on. Are you one of those that follows follows the ads? Now I can talk as much as I want. Got the sly look, sly look, sly look. Hello, this is Ricardo Montalban. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July and go down on you. Very, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Very quick. Just something that annoys me. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing these David Jones ads. Mm-hmm. They're fine. They're like they're they're like really low tech. There's no video to them. It's like a, like a solid colored background with words on it but why do they have a woman doing the voiceover that sounds like a brighton drag queen <laughs> <laughs> uh, because that's their market oh maybe i don't, I don't know could be yeah anyway, that's all you don't buy it <laughs> i don't buy that at all Diamond postman i have a letter for you no i'm just the postman the postman the postman Letters to box cutters. So much editing needs to be done on this show. I, I think, you know, with that last segment, if the segment's so short, the theme music should be short as well. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the intro might have been longer than the segment. I think it was. I think it was. I think it should just start. You yeah! Know. <laughs> I win. Uh, this letter came a while ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago, from Rob. Rob Handelsman, mm-hmm. a, a loyal box cutter listener. Hi, Rob. He, uh, he says, fellas, I can't believe you're not following the drama unfolding, unfolding on Play School. What? It's a what? <laughs> Do you realise Andrew McFarlane, ex-John Sullivan from The Sullivans, is currently one of the Play School presenters? How is this possible? <laughs> Lorraine Bailey worked hard to be promoted from her years at Play School in the 60s and 70s to star in The Sullivans. That was 30 years ago. And... Uh, somehow Andrew McFarlane has fallen from whatever heights he managed to reach, ending up on Play School at almost twice the age of his mother, quotes, when uh, she made her start there. This is an outrageous humiliation. Will someone not do something? Put the man out of his misery, please. I think, Rob, you are underestimating how important play school is. And un- un- underselling how, how demanding it is to actually present play school. And, and in fact, the ABC for, for decades have only taken the cream of the crop of Australian actors. Which they can do because there's no acting gigs. Well, yes. But that's why we've had John Waters on play school for so long. It's why we had Rue from Home and Away on play school. Oh, did we? Noni yeah. Hazelhurst. Noni Hazelhurst and uh, Ruth Cracknell started on, uh, really? on play school. Wow. Uh, Deb Malman. Yeah, Deb Malman's been on Play School. Play School is where... Eddie Maguire. No, 
<laughs> you're both jumping in and you're both yeah yeah, yeah. I thought I could he's no actor no it's uh, no actor no. but it's uh, no he, it's a really how he would scare kids <laughs> <laughs> it's a really freaking tough gig you gotta you gotta be relating directly down the barrel of that camera, mm-hmm. as though you've got you've got twenty little tackers sitting there just being wrapped. You gotta pick. And which... if you don't if you don't pull it off, then the program's screwed. You and gotta... unlike unlike this show, where sometimes we go back and edit mistakes that have been made, they don't do that on Play School. It oh. is half an hour taped live, mm. and uh, and they have to do an episode for every day. So they've got to run off to the toilet quickly when the when the clock's going around and they're, they're seeing what the story's about. They I think get, they, they just... They get like a couple of minutes off there. I think they just yeah. hold it until, uh, until oh, really? the end of the show, yeah. Wow. Do they, do they get to decide which window to go through? I don't, I don't know. I'd love to find that out. Yeah. I remember when I was in, uh, when I was in primary school, we had uh, a guy from play school come and talk to... Because uh, I, I went to primary school in... Elstonwick, um, around the corner from the ABC Studios in Melbourne. In Ripon Lake. And uh, it, it's weird because that street that we were on is the divide of Elstonwick and, and Ripon Lake. It's, I can't work that out. Anyway, he came and uh, I was in prep or grade one. I didn't think to ask that question. No. There, was, there are so many questions that if I had that opportunity now. I know, I was, I think, for sure. Because I remember watching Play School, you'd always hope for the arch window, but... It, <laughs> It didn't happen I, as often as you'd like. No, it didn't. No. How often did they go through that boring square window? <laughs> square were all round. They were, they, were, they were often teasing us with the round. That sounds like that sounds like a programming decision. It does. I think we should uh, see if we can track down somebody involved with the program and okay. uh, explore that further. Sure. Uh, Long term box cutters listener Chad uh, has obviously been going back through the archives because he sent us a letter just this morning um, about something that we covered in an I Don't Buy It a while ago. Possibly the first I Don't Buy It. It's amazing how good that Easy Off Bam stuff is. I mean, check it out. Tough, built-up grime, one spray of Easy Off Bam on one spot, and when you wipe a sponge over it, the whole arc is instantly clean. Not just the spot you sprayed, but everything around it. On your Martin Grellis, whoever the hell you are, easy off, <laughs> bollocks. This is quite ironic because I was in the supermarket last week and they were having a free demonstration really? of easy off BAM. And I walked up to the two ladies and I said, who the hell is Martin Grellis? <laughs> and they looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> or perhaps like you were Martin Grellis. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's going to be the title of your autobiography, Russ. <laughs> who, who the hell is Martin Grellis? Yes. <laughs> This, uh, this... I, think, I think that would confuse people. <laughs> this letter came in from Dave Norris, who oh, yeah. has written to us before. Mm-hmm. He asks, what's going on with those Channel 10 self-promos for upcoming shows in which the male voice first tells you something like, next week on 10 begins the greatest adventure ever seen, witnessed by 100 million Americans. Now, for the first time in Australian television, then a woman's voice. What will she do? It will amaze you. <laughs> that was close enough. <laughs> and, then, and then back to, uh, to, to the male again who finishes the promo. What's going on with those? I don't know. It's drama. It's drama in a little promo. So, yeah. uh, but it's, it is confusing. Uh, is it, is, why need that? Well, we don't need that. Why need two, two voiceover artists on Media Watch when they're reading through yeah, articles? That's, that's, uh, true. that's for differentiation of, of letter writers. You know, one so male, they, one female. So they don't think it's the same person writing all the letters. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's fair. I enough. just I just think it's a it's a snazzy way to kind of make people think it's more exciting than it is. I and mean, it's I'm not sure, all just Pete Smith. Yeah, I'm sure it would appeal to uh, 
I'm sure it would appeal to, you know, OC watchers. And that woman's voice is quite spooky. Yeah. So, which is good for, like, Supernatural and stuff. Yes. Not so good for The, OC. the Biggest Loser. <laughs> <laughs> Although I was actually watching on tape uh, in the second last episode of Last Man Standing just the other night. and um, Is that what you're <laughs> up to with your tape watching? <laughs> and the guy doing the voiceovers for that was pretty over the top, like, ooh, drama, terror. Oh. <laughs> uh, quickly, we had a text during the week. Oh. So, somebody figured out. How to text us? Yeah, good. And uh, this was from loyal listener Lucas, and Lucas hey, wanted Lucas. to say that uh, he wanted to ask if any of us have seen the new Oral B ad, uh, because in these, you know, in these uh, more happening and hip times, they've replaced Rob the dentist uh-huh. with Robin the dentist. But like her male counterparts... Has she you... just got a towel around her waist? No. <laughs> like her male <laughs> counterparts, you still can't see her face, uh, unfortunately. And then I bet she's got a vibrating toothbrush. No, she doesn't. She's got a regular toothbrush. What? And they do a quick CGI in her mouth showing how this toothbrush removes the plaque and they write underneath dramatization. <laughs> Just in case anybody out there was thinking, how the hell did they get the camera into her mouth like that? I can understand the camera, but what about the cameraman? It's ridiculous. <laughs> Not an actual mouth. And lastly, Chris But I thought Norris. the Oral-B had gone, gone electric toothbrush. Oh, they've gone back again. Wow. Oh, they, okay. They've got all sorts of toothbrushes. Don't count them out in mm. the toothbrush race. Yeah. That's what they're saying with Rob and the dentist. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're saying the women can't handle the technology. Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can send your letters to hooray at boxcutters.net. We'll forward them on to Brett Crowley. <laughs> we'll forward them on to Oral B. Uh, Chris Norris. Dave's Chris? brother. Ah. Dave, uh, and this is, you know, all box cutter listeners should do this. You like the show, tell someone you love. Ah, yeah. That's what Dave did. Chris loves the show, wrote to us, and uh, with a lot of anger. Uh, uh, good. About, we like anger. About the Logies. Oh, yeah. Yep. Particularly how poorly Channel 9 are doing with mm. the Logies and how embarrassing it's going to be for them being on Channel 9. Even more of a concern, he writes, is from the most outstanding categories, five nominations for Nine Network out of a total of 55. Mm. And then he says, it's a good thing revenue is derived from ratings based on popularity, not local content quality, or Nine would be bringing in about the same as your podcast. Hey, or is that, is that an insult? Well, you know what? Our bloody podcast... We don't charge. <laughs> our podcast would bring in a lot more if people went to cafepress.com slash boxcutters and bought some of our excellent merchandise like Jack did. Mm. And now he's enjoying a mug. Right now? Right now. As he listens to this As right now. he listens to this right now. He's sitting there in his t-shirt drinking from the boxcutters mug. Well, I, I think his t-shirt is only for running purposes because he wants as many people as possible to see it. <laughs> Has your physio got one yet? Uh, yes. Cool. Yeah, he's got one too. Excellent. So, uh, letters done? That's it. That's all the letters to... Uh, G'day, to this is Daniel Burt. I was uh, the writer's intern at uh, Letterman in New York. You're listening to The Box Cutters, and you should. you should. You should podcast it. You should download it. You should show it to your friends. You should feed it to your mother. You should own it. You should love it. And just be naked next to your iPod. Like we are. Thank, Thank God, God you're, you're here. here. We did that last week as well. Premiered on Channel 10 On the 10 Network last night Being Wednesday Wednesday night night. It's uh, hosted by Shane Bourne And uh, last night That's the first mistake Hady ho, hady ho That's the first mistake I think What, Shane Bourne? (laughs) 
Sorry, go on. Let's... And last night's contestants were Fifi Box. That's the second mistake. <laughs> I, I'll give you that one. Frank Woodley, Pete Rosethorn, and Angus Sampson. And um, it was very interesting during the, the introduction of the audience to the, the contestants how uncomfortable and non-communicative Angus was. Yeah, that was, he was interesting. Really looking like he didn't want to be there he at did, all. He did look a little awkward. Yeah. I, was... I, was that just nerves, do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, well, you know, he's a he's a seasoned actor though. He should be able to deal with it. Yeah, it was funny because he looked like he didn't want to be there, and Fifi Box looked like we didn't want her to be there. <laughs> that was the no, most no, we just didn't thing. want her to be there. <laughs> that was the most accurate thing of uh, of the show. I, you know, I didn't think uh, I thought Shane Bourne was great. I I, I enjoyed him, and I thought really? that that yeah, thought... the amount of explaining of the rules and the setups and everything that went on. He he did that marvellously. And I'm wondering if he's going to continue to do that or if he'll get to have an opportunity to actually deliver some material as uh, episodes go on. Really? Yeah. Oh, you see, I was I was completely the other end of the spectrum. I thought he was terrible. And in his old, his hackneyed kind of jokes that he's been doing for the last were, 20 years, like... There oh, were moments that, that were very reminiscent of Daryl Summers, but it was just like a fleeting ghost going over his visage. Oh. But, that's, but that's what the show is. I think he fits no, really well. No, the show into... is warmed up theatre sports. <laughs> and if they keep saying a brand new concept for television one more time, I'm going to be furious. I mean, it's just theatre sports. You can pat yourselves on the back as much as you like, working dog. You've just said, hey, theatre sports. Genius. And they're selling it around the world. But... I've sold it around the world, supposedly. It's, it's mm. not actually as as cutting edge as theatre sports. It's no. like a safe theatre sports because everything else is scripted. Apart from the one person that's going into each of the scenes, everybody else has got their own scripts. The, the quote-unquote contestants who win nothing. I, I couldn't think of anything else to call them. What, 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 no, yeah. well, that's... that's yeah. The stars, yeah. the performers. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what they're called on the show as well. And that, that makes... I, I can't stand shows like that, like Clever... Where you have and, and like Spicks and Specs, I mean, it's a problem I have with Spicks and Specs. All these shows where famous people are competing for nothing, there's nothing at stake. But at least with Spicks and Specs, there's trivia, and so you can play at home. You can watch it. You can play at home, and then there are entertaining bits along with it. Uh, with Clever, there's absolutely nothing. And uh, so you think they should be maybe playing for a charity of their choice or something like that? Something like that. Give something away. Bloody hell, you're like earning enough in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Give, yeah. give something to, to a, a charity of your yeah, choice. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. I also yeah. think, I, you know... I think <laughs> I'm the, I'm, I'm, why does it have to? Why does it have to be about money? It why can't it just be for the, the thrill of the game? It doesn't have to be about money, but play for something. The Don't thrill play of the for game. A, no, bragging there's, rights. There's no bragging rights. No one gives a shit. Entertainment of the audience. No, at, least, at least with uh, back when we had uh, uh, almost... No, what was it called? Not Almost Anything Goes. The uh, The... Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's a knockout. It's a knockout. Right. Uh, only my brother is going to understand when I say almost anything goes. Right. I remember that, that. It was it was a British version of uh, yeah. it's a knockout. Yeah. Uh, or like Friday night games. Like you could at least go for the blue team or the yellow team or the green team or the red team, and you go, no, don't play your Joker now. It's a mistake. There's <laughs> nothing. There's nothing at stake here. There is absolutely nothing. But at there stake. doesn't have to be. It's a, it's entertainment. There Why make it a really competition then? Why have a bloody sports? judge? Why have a well, judge? Well, the judge Why? was there so Tommy Gleisner could reheat some of his old comedy material. 
just yeah. like Shane Bourne. But, no, well, which God, was, he was the was most terrible. painful thing about the whole thing. Yeah, the like thing it was, is, Shane Bourne's material is tried and true. <laughs> Tommy Gleisner has a very specific style of comedy that he likes to do, and I think this is this was very kind of Tommy G kind of material. It was kind of like the headlines that he used to do on, well, the, late on the late show. Yeah, lame, lame jokes. Yeah. After the uh, after kind of the first segment... Sorry, I should say lame jokes poorly delivered. After the first two segments, particularly Fifi Box's... Uh, Poison! Yeah, her segment, where she clearly didn't get it. Uh, you know, the idea is to improvise. The idea isn't to stand there with your mouth open for 10 seconds trying to think of what you're going to say. Um, you know? um, but um, I, th- I thought this is the worst show I've ever like seen. Like an alarm. But then... The uh, was it Leno Frank, or Frank Woodley? Frank, Frank Woodley. Woodley. I thought Frank Woodley was fantastic yep. because yep. he is an excellent talent. That's it. But also, he was the one that kept on breaking the fourth wall yep. and and getting out of character and making little comments about the the costume that he was in and and there was no which kind is, of which is fine because those rules don't exist. So he was the one that was kind of breaking it up, and it was that point that was reminiscent of that classic clip with the dog pissing on the set with with Graham Kennedy. But also, and I thought that the, the audience was. Responding in a similar way Also reminiscent of classic comedy Like the stuff Danny Kaye used to do uh, Really old uh, Woody Allen Nervous humour stuff Uh, This was classic comedy His his exit from the final scene was was pure genius I thought when they were were, I don't know if you saw after that bit Josh But when he walked out I just thought that was That was just you, you, you can't learn that I mean that's just Brilliant comic timing and, Well I mean You can learn it You learn it from years And years of Being a stand up comic And falling on your ass That many times But knowing how to save it And and the people it was Shane Bourne and, and whoever the other Actor was the, the One of the supporting cast Actually didn't really Know what to do With that immediately Because, no, because he actually Walked off set Because yeah, they're and, not Improvisers uh, they, They've got the script Yeah uh, And that's You know That why you would have excellent talent like Frank Woodley and Pete Rosethorn, both of who did did excellent bits, mm-hmm. why you'd have them with someone like Fifi Box, exactly. who's so clearly talentless. Exactly. Or even even Angus Sampson, who I think is talented and who does have who who can improvise. But I think it's why have an actor against a comedian? Like this goes back to your question of the, you know, why does it have to be a challenge? I mean a stand-up comedian has years and years of practice improvising. An actor doesn't. Like, I just think it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's like comparing apples and oranges. That being said, I think the format of the show lends itself to great success. Yeah. I think if you have comedians in those roles, if you had four Frank Woodleys... Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, two, two Woodleys, two Pete Rosethorns, something along those lines, four funny people yeah. in those roles then uh, that's a good, solid hour of entertainment. And I think that that it's a problem that that's essentially going to mean it's going to be a crapshoot from week to week. And the only consistent thing is uh, Tom Gleisner not being funny. Yes. Yeah. And and looking really awkward. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to live or die, yeah, completely on the strength of the performers, you know, and the performances. I'm very interested to see how um, uh, Sean McAuliffe goes. Uh, He's one of the guests possibly next week. So I'll be watching just to see how he goes. But, you know, apart from that, I can't imagine I'll be tuning in for much more Fifi Box. 
No, it's, it's well, she hopefully she won't be back. There are but she will, like when, she when Cindy back. Pan was on the panel. You'd never tune in for those ones. Yeah, except yeah. that they love Fifi Box, those working dog mm-hmm. people. Where they the hell do. is she they from? Do. I don't, I don't I've know. I've never seen her before. I've seen the name she's... and just thought, oh my God, this is a stupid freaking name. She's yeah. a radio personality. Mm. Radio personality. Mm. She's just terribly annoying. She Surely is, they can find better Although, female I think, comedians than that. And Where's they, Andrea Powell? And Where? they loaded her up with the easiest of the sketches. And she still couldn't do it. And yeah. she did nothing. She fell on her ass. I just hope they don't get Tracy Bartram in. Uh, well, you never I know. reckon she's the worst in the Fifi box. Oh, really? God. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, all that and more to come in the world of uh, Thank God You're Here. I... I'll you know I'll still probably watch it next week. I still um, no, miss, I won't because I'll be busy. But. I still miss Paul Chubb in the Minties during the break. <laughs> it really is theatre sports. Don't it, don't it don't give us this crap about a brand new concept in television. Yeah, I we're agree. so original. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, but you know theatre sports was just improvisation games. Yeah, well, it's, which came out of theatre and and was yeah. was true about what it was. Anyways, yeah. so, that's the closing music I it can is. hear. It is. Well, that, that must be time to end the show. Mm. I want to say thank you very much to 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording this podcast. They're very good. Check them out at 102.7 FM if you're in Melbourne. Thanks to all the listeners who wrote in during the week. You can write to us, hooray at boxcutters.net. And keep leaving your comments on the uh, on the blog. Yeah, we've had, uh, we've had some great stuff on the blog this week and... Uh, it's just going to keep getting better and better and better. So you don't just have to email us. You can leave us. You can leave us comments on the blog, or, boxcutters.net. Or you can text us. Or, or can sign up for the mail list. Comments. Is there a mail list? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway, that's been episode 29 of Box Cutters. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been a prime number. My name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey... Let's be careful out there.